This past January, we both as a college and as a nation had witnessed what has now become known as the insurrection at Capitol Hill. As part of the Stop the Steal campaign, which refused to accept the outcome of the results of the 2020 presidential election, a mass of supporters of former President Donald Trump stormed Capitol Hill, breaking through a crowd of guards, demanding and stealing the property of representatives, including the podium of Speaker of the House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi, and trespassing the halls of the building itself, in long inciting further violence both inside and out. Now, with the conclusion of the impeachment trial of former President Trump and President Biden and Vice President Harris's proposed initiatives to combat racial inequality, we as a nation wait to see what the next consequences will bring and what that will mean for the next four years. Today, I will be talking with Black Student Union Treasurer Tamara Dyer and fellow member Jonah Nicholson about what a peaceful protest means, what it represents, and what it strives to achieve with its design. I am your host, Olivia Montes, and this is Washington College Weekly. My guests today are sophomore and BSU treasurer Tamara Dyer and sophomore and fellow member Jonah Nicholson. Tamara, Jonah, welcome to the show. Excited to be here. Well, not welcome, but hello. So my first question is, how are you feeling today? Uh, today, I would say that I'm feeling pretty decent, not feeling too bad. Uh, today actually is kind of a really rough day. So I'm trying to stay off of social media a little bit just because there's a lot of tributes to um, Kobe and those lost in the plane crash. So that's a big part of today. And surprisingly for me, I'm not that big of a, never was that big of a sports fan, but it is a lot to take in. But other than that, I'm pretty okay. Keeping up, keeping busy. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty calm today. Feel pretty here. So how would you both describe your respective roles within Black Student Union at Washington College? BSU, Black Student Union, stands for making sure that not only do Black students feel that they have a safe space on campus, not just to talk, but to be authentic in who they are, but we also afford that space to any other students on campus. It's really an organization where you can learn about a lot of things, especially when we're just talking, especially over the past corona year. Uh, There's been a lot of just learning little things, even if you're not particularly close. And it really just helps you bond with people because personally for me, I was never a really big talker on campus. So having that little bubble to talk with people has really been good. I am the BSU treasurer. So I manage all the budget stuff. I also give a lot of feedback on our events and event planning, and then just making sure all the other e-board members that we're doing a good job to maintain what we have built, of course, and to honor those who have come before us and to make sure that things are a little bit easier for those who come after us. So my role within Black Student Union is a former executive member, um, currently just a member, because I'm involved in other things. So I stepped down from the executive position um, secretary earlier last semester. So as a member, I'm just there to really listen to the exec board, see what they have to say, be there for for if they need help with any ideas and things like that. Our Black History Month is coming up. So... We had fun planning that, and I'm excited to see what February will bring. 
So to begin, the definition of a peaceful protest is as, quote, a nonviolent action or resistance towards a specific range of both institutionalized and recent policies designed and aiming to preserve a series of imbalances within a society. However, it could also be argued that the quote-unquote definition of what classifies as a peaceful protest, especially in a modern-day context, can be challenged with ever-changing developments in technology and other online connections and interactions and the almost counter-moves that the U.S. federal government undergoes to suppress specific social movements and protests that support it from breaking out and coming into fruition. So what is your interpretation of what is or what qualifies as a peaceful protest? I would say that a peaceful protest is an act that includes a group of people, whether they're organized or not, but it's better to be organized. And I would say make noise for a cause that they stand for. However, their intention isn't to bring violence at all. However, they're prepared for anything that may occur. As we've seen, lots of things can occur despite how peaceful you may set out things to be. So that's kind of my definition of a peaceful protest is just going and causing civil disobedience for a cause that you believe in. As you recall, this past summer, after the police-related murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless others, there was an uptick in Black Lives Matter protests in which participants were in the middle of consistently striving to address the extremity of this movement. What it represents and the longstanding issues that it seeks to dismantle was instead met with police brutality and violence, symbolizing this national unwillingness to accept that there are fractures within our institutions and country as a whole. By this refusal to listen or even acknowledge the gravity of the issues at hand, or even consider the perspectives of these individuals, and even incorporate them into enacting a more inclusive, open environment towards making the necessary adjustments to include all, is this a rejection of not only these voices in the movement itself, but also this refusal to change the system, or is it a mix of both? I think it's really just a combination of the two. There are those who don't want to listen. There are those who benefit from the current system and don't want to change it. And people are scared of that word change because in this country, the problems haven't been addressed like this. People are uncomfortable with the fact that when you address the problems of this country, the system that only benefits a certain group of people, then those certain group of people, they look at it and they're just uncomfortable with how much they benefit from the system, how truly racist some of their everyday actions could be. But people have to learn how to get uncomfortable. People have to learn how to get comfortable within the uncomfortable because that's how, that's how we'll effectively create change. But honestly, they just have to understand that the people who have suffered at the hands of the system no longer want to. And they can refuse to listen all they want. But at the end of the day, there are people who are consistently finding ways to be at the table, to have their voice matter. So yes, it's a combination. And that's because there's a fear of change and a fear of no longer being on time. There was also criticism concerning how those who supported the movement, those who call themselves allies and or bystanders, were either missing the significance of Black Lives Matter as a movement failing to recognize the individuals being affected by these issues, 
or even failing to evolve beyond the mindset of simply being not racist into being anti-racist. What does this criticism say about how people interpret the Black Lives Matter movement versus how they should be taking part or interpreting it? I would say that my big thing with that criticism and the overall criticism of the movement is that a lot of people, while it is centered around a lot of police brutality and how Black people are treated by the system, I won't speak for everyone within the movement. I won't speak for everyone the movement resonates with. But for me personally, Black Lives Matter is about every aspect of Black lives, about any way you slice it, any way you dice it, anything that goes from making sure that people have childcare, making sure Black people are able to get what they need just as everyone else in this country. They're able to live safely, which ties into the police brutality, of course. And then also just they mad we matter. And of course, people are gonna say, well, if you didn't matter, blah, 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 blah. No, it's the simple fact that because of these oppressive systems that have been established, we're viewed as lesser and we're not able to do as much and move as much. And of course that whole American dream is you can do whatever you need or whatever you want. If you just put your mind to it, that's just simply not how it works. And I was a person who kind of goes back and forth with that. Like, oh no, 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 you can do whatever you want if you just put your mind to it. And of course you have to do like a whole bunch of other steps, but if you want it, just work for it and go for it. And while that is true, in some instances, that's not the holistic picture at all. There are so many barriers that hold Black people back and really put a strain on Black Lives Matter because it's not showing at all. For instance, on Twitter, there are people now, when they do their job applications, they fill it out, say they're a Black male, they're filling it out as a white male instead, and they're noticing the turnaround time in how the company and how fast the company gets back to them. And that is one of the problems for all of these companies to be so inclusive and diverse in X, Y, and Z. There's nothing really changing. They're not bringing on anybody. They're not showing that Black Lives Matter beyond. And money matters. Money does matter. Donating, that matters. But it only goes so much. If Black Lives really matter, you'll incorporate them and you'll go beyond just saying, okay, well, let's say this. Thankfully, if this was to happen, if the police stopped killing Black people at disproportionate rates, if they just stopped killing everyone, really. If that happened, there are still a million things that are going wrong in this country for Black people exclusively. And that's just the problem. People think that Black Lives Matter is just segmented to police brutality, and it's not, at least for me, it's a holistic look at how Black lives are viewed in America. And the criticism just doesn't fit because it changes from, well, the Black on Black crime, as people say doesn't exist. Crime is crime. And it really doesn't matter which way you look at it. But when you do look at it, you see who is being disproportionately killed by the police and the institutions that we've allowed to continue for way too long. So with all this in mind, how can people become better allies or active participants in supporting Black Lives Matter? They first need to redefine what ally means. And personally, what ally means 
is knowing when and when not to speak and being actively anti-racist. And a lot are currently interpreting this movement as their chance to speak, but it's really not. While yes, there are times where you can speak up, for lack of a better word, for, you can speak up for certain groups because you want to you know, help elevate their voices, you want to get their seats at a table. But to keep speaking over and to keep continuing with speaking for Black people is kind of the way that I'm seeing that it's being interpreted now. And a lot of people just need to pull off of that. But the way that they should be doing it, it's just, like I said, knowing when and when not to speak, being actively anti-racist, being comfortable with calling out their friends, like the moment their friends do something, not when they want to get back at their friends. And definitely not reporting it to the nearest Black person they see to be like, oh, my friend was racist. Does that clear me? No, you got you, you still got work to do. It's actively unlearning learned behaviors. So in January alone, we as a nation have witnessed two events on different sides of the political spectrum. The insurrection on Capitol Hill and the inauguration of now President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. The latter of which not only acknowledged the insurrection itself, but also the severity of racial injustice and inequality and how the supposedly new administration will help heal that national divide and provide further protection and equality for all Americans. What are your thoughts and feelings on that? Do you feel that with this transition of executive power from one administration to another, that potential change is on the horizon? No, there's definitely change happening. There's been change happening since day one of President Biden's administration, since his inauguration. It's, I think, a lot of the things that he's reversed and he's reenacted and rejoined, those are all great steps that needed to be taken. A lot of the things that we want to see and we hope to see, it kind of seems like they're being slowed down a lot. So it's kind of, but I confidently say that I am hopeful. I hope that they can fulfill their promises. And I hope that they're trying to, I wouldn't want to say reform the system versus change the system because it's kind of, you know, that's kind of interchangeable. But I would say that they realize that the system itself is operating as it is and that it needs to be completely reworked i would say abolished but i want to say reworked because that takes time and obviously it's been many 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 years and we're not really on that path yet but you know it's it's coming so i'm hopeful In terms of protesting at Washington College, as mentioned in an earlier episode of this podcast talking about race, there were efforts made the previous year to publicly address racial injustice and inequality both on and off campus, including the letter of grievances and demands composed by members of African Student Union, Black Student Union, Cleopatra Sisters, the WAC Honor Board, and other student-led organizations and individual representatives, featured both in the Elm and in a campus-wide email. Will there be similar protests and or similar action during the semester or in the future post-COVID-19? Sometime in the near future is what I'm leaning towards. Given that it's COVID, I say that a lot of students just aren't feeling it right now, especially not feeling like that they won't fight for injustice, but 
when we were on campus, that's when we were doing like the in-person, the physical stuff, you know, showing up and showing out, walking into the offices and demanding change. Given that it's COVID right now, I think a lot of people are going to back off of that. And a lot of people are trying to recuperate that energy, especially Black people, because we've been through a lot in 2020. And it's really still going on into 2021. It's always going on. But during the semester, I do see some fighting happening. I do see people speaking up and speaking out because the Capitol Hill attack did throw us off. And then once we get back and COVID finally starts to die down, I'm holding out hope. That's when we'll build up again. And I'm, I'm pretty excited. What do you and your organization want WAC administration, campus, and the surrounding community to be aware of and acknowledge, both in terms of what you and your organization stand for and want to see happen in the future? I would say that they have to be considerate, at least for me in particular. After the insurrection at Capitol Hill, the email rubbed me entirely wrong. I hated it. I hated not every word, but just about every word in it, because how dare you say that the system our founding fathers built is brilliant when just a few months ago you were saying how it oppresses the very students on your campus. I just feel the administration at Washington College needs to be aware of what they stand for. Don't pretend that you stand for X, Y, and Z if you're just going to I wouldn't say take it back in a later statement, but refute what you said because it just doesn't sit right with me and it doesn't make sense. You can't tell me that, oh my gosh, apples are the worst thing in the world and then go back and say, oh my gosh, the person who made these apples, they're really doing great. I can't believe they did that for us. It just doesn't make sense. So just be aware. And this goes for other organizations on Washington College's campus as well. Think about what you're saying. I know it's hard trying to fit everything and make it resonate with everyone, but maybe if you include people of those marginalized groups, I know there's not many of us at Washington College, but if you include them, I feel like there would be a lot better communication and a lot better communication as well as action and things of that nature. So with all of this in mind, how can current and incoming students alike better educate and inform themselves and others about these ongoing issues, both on and off campus, and better contribute to the movement? What do you feel is in store for this upcoming semester? Well, first, what I want to say is one method that personally, the reason why I say I can't stand the method is because I don't see the point is reading from books. Yes, you should learn about other people's experiences. Yes, you should take the advice of other Black authors, but don't make reading your sole method to be like, I read about anti-racism and now I can be successfully anti-racist. No, that's something that all these methods and all these processes, you're, that's something that you're going to have to learn on your own and you can't depend on other people for. So that's one thing that I want to say. Do your own research. That one is so important. Don't ask the nearest Black person what this means. Stop going to the nearest Black person or the nearest person of color you see and being like, what is this? What does this mean? Can you offer your opinions? Can you offer your thoughts? Google will be your best friend. I promise you, if you just look some stuff up, you'll find what you need. 
pay attention to what's going on in their environment. Become involved in Black Student Union, these minority clubs on campus. There are plenty of different clubs that represent plenty of different races, ethnicities, backgrounds that they can become involved in and really listen to. You don't have to speak, but you know, you can also sit in the back. That's what I did uh, really understand. I feel like what's in store for this semester is learning, number one, learning how to adapt, what works and doesn't work. Two, with the search for this new president, I think this offers a chance for them to invite not just SGA, but all different clubs and different individuals into this search to help pick the new permanent leader. There has to be more student participation outside of SGA. That's just my opinion. I think other students would agree as well. There are individual students, there are groups of students who need to be at the table, who need to be offering their opinion. And those opinions can't just come from SGA solely because they are a predominantly white group that cannot speak for all groups on campus. Well, Tamara, Jonah, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you so much. As of February 8th, according to U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, Michael Sherwin, law enforcement has currently identified 400 suspects who contributed to the riot and have arrested nearly 135 individuals. In his first 100 days, President Biden has signed executive orders, including officially dissolving President Trump's 1776 commission, banning discrimination on the basis of sex within the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and outlawing workplace discrimination based on gender identity and or sexual orientation. For the remainder of the year, the WAC Black Studies Program will be hosting the Black Studies Symposium 2021, which will allow students, staff, and faculty to learn more about the aspects of different Black experiences in America, including believing, ruling, leading, speaking, and publishing while Black from February to April via YouTube live stream. This has been Washington College Weekly. I am your host, Olivia Montez, and I will see you next week.